anyways welcome back or is it welcome back to me i'm finally coming back on these podcast streets i don't know what's going on was i on a sabbatical or was i in the sunken place i'll let you know as this episode goes on but if you don't know and this is your first time tuning in this is on i have nothing else to say but i apologize for my long absence i will say that but luckily i came up with ideas i didn't come in lacking at all i made sure that i came more intelligent at least i know i was lacking a couple brain cells but i also didn't notice a couple things so i brought uh we can say special guest but i say accountability partner uh jonathan old friend past guests on the podcast you know for sure for sure he cut his hair this time he out here looking like miles morales oh my goodness he got earrings now i do well you should see there are two different people the one from the recap and the one that i'm looking at right now different complete dude yeah he better watch himself he better stay steady <laughs> a lot has i got changed. my eyes on him <laughs> a lot has changed but let him know what happened where you been what I've been on, um, really prioritizing uh, what I want to see from the community for real. It's actually crazy that um, you said that, you know, from the recap, you know, I feel like I was kind of doing the same thing over and over again. I really felt like I was just struggling between picking school or picking the community or extracurriculars and, you know, I think I finally made an executive decision to pick, like, now I want to leave my impact wherever I go. And so the three numbers for my GPA, they are important. But at the end of the day, I know where I want to go and I know what I want to leave. So when I pulled the trigger, pierced my ears, when I pulled the trigger, got the fade, like, that was just me manifesting that image that I want to see from like the, the rest of yeah, the yeah no for real, no, for real. that was a physical manifestation that was like my pledge so that when i like wake up in the morning and i see like oh damn this is new jonathan this is really not, me yeah not yeah, brain yeah. genius but uh black leader and activist i try to be black organizational leader also that too try to be yeah yeah, yeah. i see i see so what is this this new commitment that you've taken on? Hmm. I think that I really just want to give back to Georgia Tech as much as possible. Because as much as I dog the school right now, I'm trying to practice with Georgia Tech. Ideally, you know, a few years out, I can do much more like like community wide reaching impact in whatever city that I'm in. But right now this mm-hmm. is the testing ground. It's kind of perfect because it's a diverse campus for, um, you know, a lot of intellectuals here, too, but also a lot of people who don't really care about intellectualism. You know, they don't care about academia. They're here to get what they want to get out of, and they're going to do music. They're going to do that art. Brave. Yeah. Get that brag. Get that Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. Like, exactly. Like, they, have, they want no part of, like, I'm knowing, like, uh, what's it called? CS majors who are literally going to get out of this school and then pursue music full time. You know what I mean? Like no, like no obvious correlation. But like for us, like when we see them, it's like very obvious. You know what I mean? It's the very obvious path for them that the school can't see, but we can. And so what I'm trying to do really is trying to 
really first unlock that like path, like showing them that that path exists outside of the academics. And then once that happens, I'm really trying to see like, okay, now that we have that available to them, how can we, um, how can we give them, you know, that tools that, that space that they need to actually work, to actually grow and what they want to grow in. And it starts for me in the black community and then it'll start, it'll expand to the, you know, rest of the minority communities on campus. Cause I feel like that's where a lot of people feel unsupported, unappreciated for their, whatever cultural impact they try to have. And then if the rest of the tech community wants to get in on it, mm-hmm. jump on board. So I have a funny question. Cause I remember at least my place when I was in high school, thinking of making the decision in college. Mm-hmm. I, it never occurred to me that I would never probably use my degree. Like it had come to me at a certain point, like maybe once I was 17 or 18, like, you know, I might do it, but I had ulterior motives by that point that expanded beyond what my uh, major was or what my degree was. Yeah. So did you have any of those same like assumptions too back then? Or were you privy to it? Cause I feel like this is a very useful question for, a lot of people that are uh, graduating out of high school coming into college. Yeah, yeah. Especially with this excess of, like, options of what you can do. Yes, and then on top of that, like, even for the people graduating college, cause, you know, we got a lot of them, too. Um, that's a very important mindset, not being, first of all, knowing that you don't have to be bogged down by your decision for a degree to do you can do literally whatever you want it's just the skills that you learn my mom taught me that at a very young age because she went to school to be a doctor she's pre-med um biology major chemistry minor she was doing it up at Xavier University in Louisiana HBCU in New Orleans and then she looked at medical schools and was like this is not what I want to do at all like, I do not want to do this anymore. Um, she did the full switch and took the um, LSAT that next year. And now she's a lawyer. Now to be a lawyer. Right. No correlation, right? Nothing mm-hmm. at all. But for my mom's skills, like, she's an amazing communicator. Like, she's an amazing, like, thinker. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. she can draw pieces together. That was an obvious, like, it's like what I was saying before. That was a very obvious thing. Yeah. But... Um, she had to learn that, right? But she learned that so she could tell me, like, Jonathan, you could literally do whatever you want. She, the only thing she told me was like, please just graduate, because you know we got no, bro. What this life is a video game, bro. Like, (laughs) there is no one way to do it. You can really go out in different pathways, but understand, like, to all my video game players. You do choose a pathway. Like, there's no way you can get all the items yeah. and weapons and uh, rewards. Right. You have to sacrifice some yeah. achievements. That's on everything. Fact. Because I mean, you can be, you can be that startup millionaire Forbes, like thirty under thirty at the age of twenty years old, right? But at that same ticket, you know what I mean? You not. You may not have as big of a social like reach as you would if you was like, um, I don't even know, like Mr. GT or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's gives and takes. But not to say anyone is wrong. I just think that she was saying like, in terms of a checkpoint, having a degree, 
is a very solid autosave. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, yeah. So I personally was like coming into college thinking, I think I want to be an engineer, but I think I want to do business too. And I had no idea how to consolidate any of that. So I kind of just did whatever. And I only had my eggs in so many baskets because I really just did not know what I wanted to do. So I played it safe. And now I kind of got the confidence, especially my junior year, had the confidence to really branch out at the expense of my the all-important GPA. And once I did that, the all important GPA, but everybody's GPA is suffering right now, bro. And if your GPA not suffering, you got a job. You you you're, have... you're a working class citizen, so butt out, butt out. <laughs> you I got like a this. job, like that is what you prioritize, right? Like you pull it back to make sure that your GPA could stay at least steady. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. like, I don't even know, like the the way people are just really. They can somehow stay on top of their grades and with like a completely radical shift in the way the content's being fed to you. I truly don't understand it. Yeah. What would you say the had what do you say is the worst factor that's attributed to like your difficulty this semester? Or the challenges that you've had this semester academically? I think that comes from the lack of for me, uh, interpersonal, like, relationships in the classroom. Because, like, that one, of the easiest way for, one of the easiest ways for me to identify uh, a common friend in a classroom was when a teacher is, like, you know, they're lecturing. They say something confusing. I look around. Who else is confused? And mm-hmm. then I talk to them because I'm like, hey, I know you didn't understand that. I looked at your face. You didn't get it either. Let's go, like... Body language. Yeah, yeah let's do it. Yeah, give, give me your number, you know what I'm saying? And we're going to go, like, actually study for this. But, like, in online classes, everyone has their camera off because we all in our rooms, like... Yeah. We all don't want people seeing our, like, inner sanctum like that. And so it just makes it, like, that much harder to, like, really find out, like, who is actually someone that you can find in a new classroom. Like, sometimes... People find out eight, nine weeks into a 15-week semester that they had one friend in the class. And by that point, your grade is more or less your grade. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's probably the biggest struggle is, like, this semester, like, being able to reach out to somebody, all-time hardest thing to do Mm. in in the panty, in my opinion. I understand that. In my opinion... The worst thing for me has been just staring at a computer all day. I'm completely done with that. I I feel like now I have a lot of trouble retaining the information just because it's almost, I can't even say it's like routine, but it's spoon fed to a point that you're, you don't really understand a lot of it. And especially where I am in my engineering courses, a lot of the material has overlap mm-hmm. especially with the math so a lot of these things look kind of similar or they have similar notations so i'm just looking at numbers all day yeah and it's definitely gotten to me which i think it shouldn't i'll continue to and i have like i wouldn't say it's an abusive personality towards myself but i i guess neglect my own 
need to actually take the time to understand what's going on and mm-hmm. put it on myself. Yeah. No, I definitely feel that. Yeah. Because, um, like, that's really, that's really real. That whole, like, being able to really, I don't know, something about that in-person experience, like, it was like multiple sensory things going on. Like when you're in that environment, you're watching the teacher present the slide. You know what I mean? Bonus points that they're actually like writing on a chalkboard, writing on a right away, you know, board. You can hear them. You're seeing them do it. You're seeing other people around you do it. Like really soaking that information because you're right. You know, you see alpha, beta, gamma, delta, like over and over again, all your classes, you know, E over and over again, all your classes. And so it's like, okay, you know what I'm saying? Omega means one thing in this class. It means a whole other thing in this class. And sometimes, you know, you'll get on the test, and the only thing that you can think about is the last class. You know, that last information. It Like, that's the problem with carryover in a pandemic, bro, is that, like, the level of distinction, bro, they do not make the content distinctive enough Mm-hmm. To where I can actually say, like, you know, in your instance, like, I'm learning thermo. Like, this is mm-hmm. thermo. Or for me, I'm like, I'm learning computer architecture. This is somehow different from my other classes in computer architecture. You know what I mean? It's just, it's kind of bogus. But, you know, mm-hmm. we got to deal with it. Hey, it's one day at a time. Mm-hmm. We always look forward, as far as I know, humans keep on progressing. Mm-hmm. We're still here somehow, some way. Yeah. But. That pres- that made me think about an interesting topic. As far as, from what we know, it, like this may be for a lot of people in our age, one of the more difficult periods in their life, if not the most difficult period. Who, I guess, considering what's going on in our world with the pandemic and the various different factors that can be affecting people's lives. Let's think in a general standpoint. So, like, what we go through as young adults mm-hmm. may not be the same questions and fears that, uh, you know, middle-aged adults or 50-year-olds are asking themselves or, you know, right. what they're pushing through. Right. But they find the same – they find solace in having the same problems with people of that same age range. Right, yeah. What do you think those problems are generally with us and with the people, like, neighboring us? Because I feel like it's not necessarily our responsibility, but at least knowing where the generations above and below us are give us a good perspective Mm. on where things are going. Because I mean, we're we're going to grow up with them, so it does give us a lot of insight on the problems we'll have to deal with. Right. Yeah. Um. I think maybe going older is better because I think the problem is the older generations is that they've been digitally saturated since like May, June. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like we people our age, like. At the very end of their, like, the very beginning, sorry, their lives, they were just dealing with the technology that, like, the older generations grew up on. Like, I had seen a floppy disk in person one time when I was younger. Wow. Right. Like, simply. Right. Like, it was just, 
it was off an old computer in my grandmother's house, right? That old computer was probably a Mac 2. You know what I'm saying? Like a Macintosh 2. But that's the stuff that they grew up on. They only saw technology as a tool. You know what I mean? They only saw technology as a means to an end, whereas we're growing up in a place where technology is, like, ubiquitous. That's everything. You know what I mean? Like, that's how you have to live your life. And they were pushing back on that hard for, like, moral reasons. Mm -hmm. They were like, no, no, no. Social interaction needs to happen over, you know, an in-person discussion, right? It needs to happen. You need to sit face-to-face. But face-to-face is now with a mask. So I can only gather so much body language off of what you're saying now, right? Mm -hmm. And in some ways, it is actually better for you to gauge body language, gauge perception. If you're giving a speech, you know, and you want to gauge people's reactions, it would be better for you to say it over a Zoom call, Skype, Blue Jeans, whatever, versus you're in person and everyone's wearing a mask. You can't see their faces. So the problem that they're having is they're kind of having to walk back on the morals and values that they used to yell at us about. You know, being too caught up in our phones, being too caught up in our laptops. We, however, are oversaturated for a different reason. Because it's sort of like we grew up with with the technology that we're using. Mm-hmm. But it's gotten to a point where, like, it's plateaued. Like, the technological developments are not matching the rate for, like, what we need them for, right? Because video conferencing as a whole is still really spotty. You know, we don't have a much more immersive experience than that to begin with. And so, like, we're literally, like, I don't know. It feels like like a lot of people in my generation were, like, swimming in one of those, um, you know, like, training pools that, like, pushes a lot of water at you. So you're, like, swimming forward. And so you're just digging closer and closer and closer to the edge, right, making very minute adjustments even though we're putting in a lot of work because we do school online, any extracurricular meetings online, like any media that we would regularly consume, Netflix, streaming, anime, whatever, online, right? It's kind of crazy how we made this this one-stop tool, even though it really shouldn't be, but that technology is not there yet, right? So we're kind of stuck. And so the older people, they're just mad because they're like, dang, I really got to eat my words and like use this technology. We're just like, dang, can we please get something else? Like, can we, can something please come to save us from the blue screen of debt? Like the blue screen, like blue light, blue light, you know, fatigue that we be getting. Oh, the blue light fatigue? Yeah, yeah. That's what everyone tells me. They're like, bro, my eyes hurt. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So I don't know. Hey. So you were saying we're just like, or we're the generation that's grown up with it. So we know a lot about it, but we're at a point where we've plateaued. Mm-hmm. And the older generations are catching up and learning about the technology. But do you not feel like in some ways we are also learning or we still don't know enough about it? I feel like, or yeah. Mm. Do you feel like we also have a large majority of us that have yet to understand the full impacts of technology 
not only its usage, but its impact on us? Oh, that's a very good question. Because um, I feel like that's a key in understanding. Like, if you can understand how technology impacts you individually, you can learn how to overcome it. Because at this point, like, uh, I can say as much shit as I want about it, like, uh-huh. especially with social media and stuff. But, like, it's here to stay. And the most we can do is figure out how to adapt in this life. Right. And live around it. I think, wow. Instead of wishing for, like, there's not much of a point to be a renegade, even if it, even because of the fact that it benefits us when using correctly. Right. I mean, it's very interesting because we do need those outside perspectives. And that, for us, was the older generations. But mm-hmm. now that they're kind of catching up, and we are catching up too, that is true. Because I feel like, for the most part, people really did not know how to video conference at, at our age. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we did not know how to do that. Um, nobody did, for real. But now that we have it, what are the effects that it's going to have? That's very interesting. Because I do feel like if we definitely took the time to, like, really gauge, like, how how is it affecting me as a person? Not just saying it's bad, but, like, why is mm-hmm. it bad? You know, that would definitely help a lot of people get over the fatigue. That's very true. Because, like, it would just be as simple as saying, like, oh, I'm fatigued because I feel like I, you know, whereas before um, I was going to different classes, I would go in different classrooms, right? It was a different environment every single time. So it was easier for me to draw information about physics when I'm in a physics classroom and about chemistry when I'm in a chem lab or something like that versus saying like, oh, I just sit at my desk and I absorb all the content in the same environment. So I try to pull back all the content, same environment. Those kinds of questions are really important. Wow. So have we reached the key here? I if think, you yeah. Put yourself in different environments for different classes. But can you retain it better? That's, but that, there's, there's like a deeper question to that. It's like, it's the willingness, right? Because a lot of people, yeah. especially our age, don't do anything unless they have to, right? It's yeah. like, it's Clutch a gene. It's a conservation of energy. Yeah, exactly. Like it's conservation a con- of energy. So like, but then we expend all the energy at the end. We still, we're still expending the energy. We're just being, we're being efficient, quote unquote, efficient in the short run. But in the long run, it's hurting us because we're expending the same amount of energy studying longer for topics where in previous semesters you wouldn't have had to do that. You mm-hmm. wouldn't have had to put that much effort because you just spent five minutes walking around campus mm-hmm. to a new room. And that was it. So maybe it's not this, it's not the actual media's fault. Maybe it's just how we are accustomed to moving. Cause we see social media as this, like this, um, one size fix all, you know, problem or fits all like one solution fixes all, you know, problems like, Oh, I can conveniently sit at my desk all day, get all my work done at one location and then move on. But it's like, you don't, you wouldn't have done that before, right? And now that you've been exposed to this, are you even going to go to classes in the fall, right? That's a fact. Like, if you now, now that you know that it's totally possible for you to wake up two minutes before classes, two minutes before work, and just sit in the same environment 
and do everything all day. And if you have work, say you have work, right? You need to report to your boss. You go to your boss's office or you call him. You come to your office or you need to go visit a colleague in a different department. So you have to walk over to that department. It's that same environment thing. But if all you had to do is get on a Microsoft Teams call and handle it, why would you ever go back? So it's a it's a personal accountability issue. I think that's really the problem is that social media gave us the false idea that we don't have to be accountable for anything anymore. We can just put it all on the video conferencing. That's really interesting. I'm going to think on that for real. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as we progress and we get out of college, we have a lot of, I mean, the new technology age has opened the door for us to have uh, to be able to make a sustainable living right. at home. I mean, you could live in your your same environment and get a residual income off, you know, yeah. employees working for halfway across the world. Mm-hmm. You know, you're sitting here right here in the United States. Do you think, how do you think that will affect our generation? Because we have this sustained period where, like, this is how we lived life. A lot of us are in our dorm rooms, you know, even though our parents are like, yo, you know, pull up, come home. You know, you live in state, just, you know, come chill out. We came out here for our own different reasons. And now we are, I guess, stunned at how fatigued we are because huh. we, one, I guess, didn't understand how. We didn't. We weren't at the level to understand how much we didn't know yet. Yeah. About ourselves. Yeah. Um. I think that in the future, um, it could be in like a couple years. It could be in like a next generation kind of deal where, you know, there will be people who won't change back. Right. They've seen this life. They've seen virtual remote work, as you say, and they've accepted. But I think there's going to be a retaliate, like a complete rejection from that. Where people say, no, that's that's wrong. That's lazy. Like for whatever reason, they just want to be different. Mm-hmm. And they reject that holistically. And so they go out of their way to go out the country, right? Now, study abroad has become the natural response to the pandemic. Whereas before... Everyone was cool with being at home and everyone liked doing all their work at home. People are going to have a violent rejection of that. And I think that in the future, um, it could happen with us. It might, it might, you know, like the 18 to 24 year old group, you know, we might, we might do that. It might be the kids younger than us. You know what I mean? Who say like, no, that was, that was something that I did as a kid. Right. But I'm not a kid anymore. You know, I was like, I was 10, 12, 14 years old. And I was in the pandemic and I hated it. And I don't like working over my laptop. I don't like working. And like, we might see a, a reemergence of paper and pencil, like no. note taking. I feel like we were just going to get like digital paper. I've already seen it as it is like the. You can get the notepad where you write in it. Yeah. It'll show up and scan it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best way I see it. We're not going back to oh, true paper and pencil. Number two pencil life. I feel like that's probably better for the environment, at least. That's probably better. I mean, I still do it, but 
call me old fashioned. That's just how I retain it for old. I mean, as long as you're right, I feel like as long as you're writing, like mm-hmm. you're doing the right thing. Because I did just do the switch um, last semester. He's digital. To the digital paper. He's digital. And at first, I didn't like it. Like, I literally had the iPad, and I was writing it. And I was like, this is not satisfying. And so I just went back to paper and pencil. And then this semester, I really forced myself to try to, like, get into it because I didn't want to waste my money. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, like, yeah, the convenience is easy. But again, I feel like it's only supposed to be a tool, right? And I think what's going to happen is, like, people are going to say, like, this is supposed to be a tool. This is not supposed to be a way of life. You know, we go like ebbs and flows, like different trends catch on generations up. That's why, mm-hmm. you know, right now, oh, in the past, we had like Vaporwave come back. You know, we had like fashion from the 90s. You know what I'm saying? It's coming back. Like yeah. people are wearing forces and ones like it's. What do you think is going to happen next? What do you think we're moving into in the next phase? Of post pandemic, post yeah, like I guess in terms of style, what's what's popular? I wouldn't say in media. That's too much of a speculation, right? As far as the the headspace of where everybody's at, because like, I guess at one point, let's say this time last year or year before, it was like hot girl summer, yeah, and like, uh, I don't know. Those are some, I can't even consider, it wasn't a dark period, just a lot of like, ratchetness went on, you know? <laughs> it was, I, that's the best way I could explain it. Like, eight, 2018 and 2020 was straight kind of ratchet. Yeah. It was, it was, I mean, good ratchet. We learned a lot, but, mm. you know, shit hit the fam. We got to come back to reality now. And we all kind of tired because the Henny slowed us down. Ooh, the, yeah, the Henny was doing a lot to our people. But yeah, what do you what do you think we're on next, or where are we heading? I, mm, I don't think because usually what happens is we have a traumatic experience. And then immediately after, or a generation after, we have a violent counterculture. So, or not, maybe not violent, but a radical counterculture. So as soon as the Spanish flu ended, the expression in the late and mid to late 20s was, for lack of a better, I mean, jazz, like that whole style you know, you have to think like those dresses that now seem prudish to us with like the lace and the diamond encrusted lace that the ladies were wearing. And then the fact that men would like, they would either wear like tighter fitting suits or maybe, you know, they would like wear like instead of three piece tuxedos, they were just wearing blazers and like slacks. That at the time was like really something. And even after World War II. With the comb over Exactly, like they're like they were doing stuff, right? And then they were doing what they were they were doing they were in, innovating just for its sake. You know what I mean? Like jazz is literally just raw improvisation off nothing, right? Mm. It's like let's take a Mozart melody, and instead of saying like da na 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 na, you're saying da da na 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 dun 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 dun. You know what I'm saying? Like they they just 
remixed it just because I think that's what we're going to see. I think it's already being shown somewhat um, in terms of, you know, you have artists that are really trying to go beyond the norm, like really trying to push the envelope. Mm-hmm. And like, who do think, you see that with? I think Lil Nas X is probably the biggest example of somebody like that. There's somebody else I was thinking of too, but it's just really like, like exposing people's like predispositions because I mean you have had rock bands for the longest time talking about murder, hell, devil, Satan, like all that stuff, mm-hmm. right? But it was really when a black gay man did it that people were like, whoa, like that's big. You know what I mean? Like that's really big. Now. You don't have to agree with the devil speak any way you want. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that once we get out of this pandemic, bro, I think freedom of expression is going to be huge. I think we're going to go back to a punk style form. Cyberpunk. Of yes, yes. No, we're not. Like digital t-shirts types? Like, bro, come on. I think we're not going to do that. I think we're going to do more. If I see somebody with Cyclops glasses. Yeah, that would be on. egregious. No, nah, that would be hard. I got to <laughs> make me a pair. I think, it would, <laughs> I think it would be more on the freedom of, of, of color. Like really pushing the norm. Because I think what people are going to do is they're going to say, I haven't bought clothes in a year. You know what I mean? I haven't bought I haven't bought clothes. I ain't bought shoes. Like, I haven't bought a lot of stuff. I haven't dripped. I haven't just worn fashion. And so they're going to be kind of they out. They haven't? They're going to be out they the game. I haven't left here that much, and I've managed to pull out at least five fits. So that's... Five. No, you're that you're 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 cooling five. for that. I bought clothes, too, but... I ain't buying any new clothes. I just... I think... Recycled. That's true. Thrifting is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, thrift. I didn't thrift. I just used clothes that I found in my. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That is exactly. true too. Looking at closet, like you have drift. You just, just, you know, maybe that. You just don't know how to maybe use those, it. Maybe you could use your favorite shirt with a new pair of pants. Exactly. New and those fit. are other shoes. Right. And maybe there's like, oh shit. Some people just like to see new stuff, but I think this was gonna happen, yeah. bro. I think people are really going to experiment a lot more. We're gonna, we gonna all reinvent ourselves at the same time. Maybe I think some people definitely are, cause they're gonna be like, no, like I don't want to move the same way I was pre-pandemic. You know what I mean? That was that was the old me. This is the new me, yeah. right? I feel like a lot of people had revelations. Like, what do I say? Do you would you say that your time in the pandemic and what you learned? warranted you to like want to evolve into a new a new you and reinvent yourself uh yeah uh i would definitely say that because i really tried to be intentional about my time over the summer in terms of like Mm self-reflection um i used to take voice notes um i used to like write all my stuff down because i was really trying to see like where was i Mm -hmm. and then every so often i'd read back on it and i look back and i'd be like huh so this is where I was at, but I don't really relate to this person anymore. Like, I see this as, like, a different place in my life, right? This is not how I currently feel, but this is how I felt. So I can see the distance that I've, like, grown since then. And so now that I've seen that, and especially now when I look back on the notes that I was writing in, like, April and March, yeah, definitely I was like, I want to be different. I want to mm-hmm. be 
more than this. And some people did that intentionally or unintentionally. Some people saw it might have been as simple as, man, I haven't posted since last January on any social media. You know what I mean? Why? Like, I, I don't feel like that my page represents me anymore. So what, what, who am I then? What am I trying to represent? It's those kinds of questions that pop up in people's heads. And then they don't want to do something, bro. I feel like we're really going to see a lot of people in the fall, especially when we start to get parity on the vaccines. We're going to see people act in rare form. They're going to be in rare form. Get your cameras. I'm so serious. Whoa, whoa. We're not getting our cameras. Put your cameras back. Yo, let's keep that in... I don't even know. Yeah, Keep yeah, that. Yeah, nah. Put your camera in your pocket, bro. But moving forward, I want to see real action, uncut. Like you, you never seen this, and if you weren't there, you never were going to see. Oh, it. that's real. Yes, that used to be the case. Action. You yeah. had to be there. You had to be there. Exactly. I want to see that. Mm-hmm. I want to see that. Because then it'll force people to, to be there. Yeah. Yeah, and then we'll see more stuff. Because mm. okay, I, you know, I say because of the widespread access to media mm-hmm. we i feel like everybody's odds is on a select few people <sighs> but you could be one of those people in the group but like a lot of we're, we're so stuck in the algorithm i guess of like yeah i hate fucking talking about social media all the time but like you're you're so i guess like I saw a video yesterday and it was talking about in order to like truly overcome social media or just like that technology, you have to be more of a producer than you are a consumer of it. Yeah. And a lot of, I even, I say myself, I caught myself and I was like, yo, I spent a lot of my time. Like there's a lot of times that I could be making content for this and I'm out here scrolling through Instagram. Mm Mm-hmm. Looking yeah. at, you know, cars are big booty butts, like. <laughs> but that's, that's what happens, bro. Because to some extent, people know that they want to be more than where they are right now. But they're scared of, it's that fear of change. It's that fear of growth. Because they see that they know that they want to have an impact. They know they want to do big things. And it really is just a matter of like, dang but i know what this is like i know what being a consumer is you know most of my friends are consumers so we can relate to that experience taking that step to be an actual producer of content to be somebody that act that people talk about instead of talk with you you know what i mean Mm -hmm. that is a lot scarier that that pool of people is a lot smaller however that for the right people because not everyone can be a producer and We've, we've seen that. Like, there are people who genuinely do not live, cannot live this life, and that's why they come and go so rapidly. But if you can live this life, and if you see the vision, then being a producer in the long term, like I said before, you're going to spend so much less energy on being happy once you get there. So if you know that you are destined for something where you know that people at some point in your life are going to pay attention to you mm-hmm. and what you say, start now. Small. Mm, yeah. You, I mean, you have a point right there. But even if it isn't in media, like, if you feel like you can, at least you have enough knowledge to make a small impact, but, you know, a greater impact than 
what you would have thought was ordinary. I mean, not even what you... You have to start from somewhere, right. essentially. But if you feel like you can, you know, develop a knack for this and it not only, you know, satisfies your goals of whatever that is, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know what your goals are. Right. But <laughs> as long as it's something that's, you know, sustainable, yeah. I would hope legal. Like, right. I mean, if you choose the illegal life, like, I don't condone it, but like, it makes you happy, you know. Right. Good luck, my boy. Like, yeah. Salute to you. Right. But at the, I find it that, it, and this is a, a big reason why, and I'll state this this is exclusive. Mm-hmm. Like, when I go to Utah, it's almost like a, I, I want to have it, let's, let's call it a quote unquote sabbatical, mm-hmm. where, I mean, I'm really just trying to, convert over from being a consumer in society more to being a producer into it just because like I feel like it's almost taboo how we never talk about that aspect of it and I mean we get raised to be productive members of society but we never see if like the ratio of productiveness to what we actually get out of it is fair Mm. But a lot of it starts with like breaking that that chain, and unfortunately, social media is a I wouldn't say just social media, but just technology, and one its access to its reach have provided a barrier that not, I would say our previous generation didn't have as much growing up, and I don't want to say like. I find a lot of times, like, my elders or people that are older than me talk to me, and they might uh, at least say I could have done more or I was more lazy with my time. I mean, to be honest, like, yes, they're right. But it's a whole different problem now recognizing that, like, uh, it's a struggle. It's a struggle, especially when now we're dependent on technology to go through our daily lives yeah. and get our goals accomplished, get out of here. Yeah, but it's also, it's also like the problem with becoming a producer in this environment too is that before, you know, like in 2005, 2006, when like YouTube, you know, was really just coming up, it was really easy to carve out a niche and just go. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because like, it wasn't seen on there. Right, like people were not making content like skit comedy was not like that you know snl used to be the gold standard of skit comedy and i don't believe that's the case anymore like i feel like they're still like goaded like that's that's not to disrespect the writers and stuff like that but i'm saying like now you don't have to just think of snl when you think of skit comedy right there's like rdc world there's other like groups in general like they used to be meech and dope island you Mm -hmm. know what i mean um, but then that leads into the other problem is that because more people are getting into it, it's like a saturation in the market and every new yeah. avenue that we've been given. Um, and I, I always want like, that's something I really want to point on in the show or at least like be able to spread with like throughout episodes Yeah, is that like, and a lot of the markets nowadays, and I, I don't want to be, I don't want to hate and stifle people's passions and dreams. Oh yeah. But like we've run into an issue where our everybody's passions like 
previously non-lucrative careers, especially in the arts, yeah. are, ne- are now sustainable living. Yes. But there's so much of it. Of course, you know, you will always be able to find someone that will like your art and consume your art. Because, you know, it's not like, you know, this is my healthcare provider. I can't, you know, pick <laughs> another healthcare provider, yeah. you know. But you, do you think there could be a shortage of unique content? Or do you see it? There? I think that that is definitely. Especially when they're, especially knowing that, like, there are patterns and trends that are popular. Right. That people usually gravitate more towards. And especially when you're a smaller artist and get, want to get noticed, it's easy to hop on these trends, especially with stuff like TikTok. Right. No, that's exactly right. Like, the way these some of these creators, like, you know, they're known for that one thing, whether it's the, you know, the sir guy or the, you know, yeah, like that one white dude who says who samples that one guy song over and over again, right? But I think what we need to do is for that unique content, it's definitely possible, but we have to lower our expectations for those creators because we literally cannot expect um, like weekly, bi-weekly content where like it's like constantly unique, constantly original, blah, 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 blah. Like that's why it's so impressive when people like RDC do it. You know what I mean? They create Mm -hmm. skits that are, genuinely engaging every single time to make a skit and it's like this is this is exceptional because that is so rare like what needs to happen is we need to like let them be more intentional let them take more time with the craft because at this point there's so many people in so many spaces that if you really want to pop out really want to be special you're going to have to sacrifice quantity of content for quality and that's not something that algorithms like. That's not something like that sponsors yeah. like, right? But it's literally necessary for the betterment of like the arts as a whole, right? Because people are just putting out content to put it out. And so when you go on YouTube, you'll see like, oh, I got all these subscriptions, but none of them are interesting. You might go on TikTok, you'd be like, oh, these are all my subscribers, but it might not be interesting. Like not from your main people, right? Because what's usually happening is. The, the most interesting part about those things is the recommended. It's what haven't you seen? What, what, what was somebody else's pop-out moment, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so you see that pop-out moment. You'd be like, wow, I subscribe. And they don't have any more content like that. That was their one, one and done. That happens, right? And that really is a change that we need in the media space, from our creatives in general, like even even songwriters, you know what I mean? Like, we have to give them more space to cook. You know, like, yeah. SZA um, uh, and Kendrick, right, both amazing artists, both haven't released in, since, like, 2017, right? Because they respect their craft. Like, they really go into, like, making sure that whatever they're doing is great. I don't want SZA to put out an album unless it is perfect, because I know the album's going to be perfect. I know, I know Kendrick's next album is going to be literally amazing whatever he does like i may not i may have not really rocked with his um style when it was first coming out because i didn't appreciate it but like looking back on it like listening back on it 
those kinds of content, I can see why he won Grammys. I can see why he performed at the Grammys because mm-hmm. that was the kind of stuff. I mean, now you have people making albums for albums' sake, and it's like, I'm tired. Like, I'm tired of hearing it. You know what I mean? Like, you're not innovating on flow. You're not innovating on um, anything, really. It's just more of the usual. And that's why, for me, it's really hard for me to see, like, who is actually going to stand out in this generation of creators. Because, like, where's the unique content? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What, what you don't see in quality, mm-hmm. or what you, where you don't see the hard work in their quality. Right. They see the hard work in their quantity. Yeah. Yeah. And through that, they'll eventually refine, like, what they do. But I see where, where your qualms are as well. Like, and, I mean... I can say this just because I, I'm always like the more under underdog or yeah. like path less traveled type. That, at least in what I've seen. I mean, there's people rawer than me out there. <laughs> I know there are. Like you got it. You're cool. But I see that like because I actually went in a clubhouse and I said something along the lines of what you said, and I faced a, a, like a good bit of negative feedback because like. And I had to understand a lot of artists do put like yeah, a they lot do. of work into it. They do, but we're just not in a space where individualism is promoted or is mm. rewarded at mm-hmm. all. You think like moving forward, we'll see that, or do you think we'll? In my opinion, and mm-hmm. let me know what you think about it. Yeah, I feel like we'll fall. I won't say we'll fall into clickishness where everybody's in small groups, but. It'll almost be like factions. Yeah. But we have a lot of conflicting beliefs. So almost like, I mean, there's going to be a lot of crossovers. Yeah. Of support between groups of people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the issue that we're low-key dealing with now. Um, Because artists talk about this all the time, like, so-and-so rip my music, so-and-so rip my flow, rip my sound, rip my artistic vision for anything, right? Um, this could be, you know, people doing um, creative writing, creative art, or performing art, you know what I mean? That happens all the time. I'm not trying to discount the work that they put in at all. Um, especially because, like, especially for, like, when I'm thinking of, you know, people releasing, like, generative content over and over again my thought really goes to youtube it's less so about the music industry because one the music industry is just well that's cutthroat but for youtube um to some extent yeah you need to produce content to pay bills i get that um that's not that's not my issue my issue is more so like with that what you're saying you know man like am i really gonna find some unique flavor of this like i know like i if i want this i can go to him consistently i think that is going to go away to some extent because before it used to be like one right you'd have one source for even on youtube one source for news one source for funny for sports for whatever now you have to really fine tune and dig to see like for what you want right and there's good and bad with that right because you're carving out your niche but at the same time, you're only going to be able to pander to that specific community of people. So if you want to aspire 
to the bigger leagues. You're going to have to sacrifice that individual feel. And that also applies to music as well, because like the music industry will force people to change their sound. I mean, Travis changed his sound a little bit. Um, I feel like Thug has kind of like he's grown into his sound most definitely. Um, Future uh, grew into his sound too from so did Drake. You know what I mean? Like all these people who like are coming into my head. I think Nikki was really consistent in terms of what she like content was what she was putting out. But you know, it's just a lot of perspective changes. It's a lot of things where people had to realize like, wow, if I do the art that I really love. I know there's going to be five or six other people doing it too, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're going to see that I'm good at it, and they're going to copy that, right? That's why we have a little everybody, you know what I mean? Little Nar, little Skies, little Baby, you know, little little, little whoever, you know what I mean? Not to say, like, like little Baby, little Uzi Vert, they're fine, right? I'm not knocking them, but it's their success that caused everyone else to want to be a little something, Right. They wanted a little piece of that. A little. But um, it's a little piece. Of yeah, that. you peep that. You oh peep that. Goodness. But what like, right. But then in that same vein, you know. To be able to make the content, like the work that you want to actually make and have it be successful is a gift to the best, because I know for certain that nope, not any random person could drop a six, six, seven minute song called Lemon Pepper Freestyle. And have it be successful. Only Drake could do that in that EP. Because in my opinion, nobody else is going to listen to that. Right? It's it's just, it, it was a blessing from him. Like, he didn't have to work super duper extra hard on that particular song to make it fi. He could just speak his mind. And that's a luxury that not a lot of people have. But in the same vein, it's the kind of work where, like... That's what a lot of people want to do, right? Mm-hmm. And they can't do it. And so he's lucky. He's not lucky. He worked that hard to be on top to be able to do that. Yeah. But the music industry, the YouTube, they don't afford that opportunity for everyone just by nature of the amount of supply that we have. So it, I don't know. I feel like that's the name of the game. Maybe when I actually you know, toughen up and be a producer of content myself, my perspective toughen up on and that. Be a producer of content. Yeah. What would you toughen up and do? I don't know. I think I want to do. I want to see what I can actually do with the saxophone, like seeing like what I can actually produce in terms of sounds. Like it could be like little sound bites that you know people might take and run with for beats for yeah. production, or it could just be like. Those little background noises that people put in their YouTube videos, whatever. All you need is four bars worth of chords. And then you're straight, right? Right. It's that simple. But I it, mean, it's, it's simple, but find the sounds you want. That's that's if, the... That's really what you... Okay, there's a difference between find the sound you want and find the sound they want. Exactly. Because... Finding the sound you want guarantees the originality. Finding the sound they want guarantees a the hit? green. Right, yeah, apparently. like, right, exactly. And it's it's horrible. Like, I'm not saying this to be, like, a, a nihilist to say, like, oh, this is just the way that the world is. No, I don't agree that we should be putting creative people through all of this mess. 
right? Like, it shouldn't be this difficult to make, like, truly raw and inspired content. But it's the reason why, you know, you have artists waiting so long to drop albums. Like, why Rihanna has not dropped an album since. Rihanna says she doesn't even like music. Exactly! Like, the music industry... She don't have to like music for me. But, like... She could just be my Fenty queen. <laughs> that's, that is true. But that's why she, like, had to get out of it and do something else, bruh. Like, that's just so crazy to me to think about, like... These are truly creative people. Rihanna especially. We could talk about that, bruh. She literally left music, created a makeup line, and a lingerie line. Like, like had the foresight to be able to do... That's just raw ingenuity. You know what I mean? Like, and we forced her as the, you know, consumers of media and the music industry as a whole. Forced her into a corner that she did not want to be in. So she just left the space entirely, right? She didn't want to be that pop feature thing she gave raw content like like every so often a little you, you hear little bits and pieces of it in some of her albums and you're like wow this is really inspired and then the the music apparently was just like the music industry was just not rocking with it so they let her out to dry and it's kind of unfortunate that they just push away truly creative people for the green but it is what it is. Hey, bro, it's a business. It's a system. Yeah. Because if, if you're not working, like, I guess if we're not all getting paid, then the system can't work. Right. Especially on their end. If they don't see return in it, it's a bad they can't. investment. Yeah. They I guess it, that's why I, I'm very excited for this new age of understanding the individual financial independence mm -hmm. and not having to rely on like a job or a pension or steady pay to or steady income to guarantee your success or your happiness yeah. to do what you want to do in life but i i don't i don't know whether it comes out of if it comes out of just worry or concern for everybody that hasn't I guess done or that is just now getting shown the light of like how many options there are mm -hmm. in the world because you can't lie like now I mean the cat's out the bag it's, it was a secret that not many people talked about before but now it's right in front of your face and literally all you have to do is do it but yeah. like you can't get up and this is not everybody but you know, these are to the people that you know think that I can get up, you know, just get on my phone, do you know, tap a couple buttons, meet a couple people, and think we can make money. And even if that does work for you, just you know, because you're able to make that money doesn't mean that it's sustainable, like, yeah, uh, yeah, live life and be like, and you know, I guess bask fully in the youth of your own life but some of the like when it comes to time to make decisions especially like these because they're given to us at a young age we have to fully understand the magnitude of the decisions we're making and understand what we're playing with because like i said in the beginning life is a game but you also have to play the game correctly like just because you level up or you get a new sword doesn't mean that 
nobody else is coming after you. Because unlike in regular video games, we have we only go up to beat you know the final boss or the enemy. The enemy never really, and or he you know never really beat the final enemy All in right. real life. And you never really know who it is or what it is. Yeah. So yeah, you know you can't just expect that one idea will save you. All right, that's that's very true. Cause so reinvention is key. Yeah, that's why people you know you have to. That's why people like Usher, in my opinion, like Usher was in the game. I think music industry for like thirty some years, right? He started in the nineties and ended in the twenty tens, but he's still some coming on features. And Out here throwing Usher bucks at people. No, yeah, like that. That man is low key wild. But this, I said I want to say like, yeah, you know, he he probably has albums that he's less proud of than others. You know what I'm saying? He probably has felt like he was producing content for producing content's sake. But like at the end of the day, he really did evolve. Like he really did evolve, and that's another testament to the creative genius, not as a slight to anybody else, but just to say, like, that man did the work to be in the game as long as he was. Um, I really don't know anybody else who could, like, talk, I guess, in that kind of way to, like, reinvent their sound over and over again, but, um, or just, like, tweak their sound, you know, to be palatable. Um, I, I don't know, but to, to what you're saying, yeah, like, you do have to get the green at the end of the day. You know, it's kind of cool that we have things like Patreon and other stuff to where you, you don't have to rely on the mm -hmm. mainstream industry. But, like, you still have to produce content to get money from Patreon. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so... But it's not... It, it, I guess the key of mine is it won't always be the same platform. It, In which, right. especially... I guess one thing I've really seen, especially watching a lot of... The Manosphere, dun dun dun, on YouTube. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, I saw one where they were having a conversation. It was a podcast, and they were having a conversation with three women that had that worked on OnlyFans. So mm -hmm. they made a lot of money on OnlyFans. And they only had the perspective of that they're making money on OnlyFans now. And I would be straight with OnlyFans money. If you're part of the own community, like, please know, like, it doesn't matter if you're working in oil, like, yeah, <laughs> sometimes these things could instantly be gone tomorrow. Gone. Like, nobody thought Vine was going to leave when it did, like. Exactly. And that's the crazy thing. Like, I guess one speculative thought to always keep in mind is, like, Vine left when it was at its peak. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. It did kind of get trite, but it was, it's still pretty popular at the point. But they, they knew, like, they, yeah. they knew that they weren't making money the whole time, you know? And even after when they were, like, it was very clear, like, I think it was, like, what, 2015, 2016, when all them, like, Vine stars, like, finally had to jump ship. Like, that's, it's just crazy because... Nobody expected that. You have to be diverse in whatever you do. Like, that's something that I've seen, like, even content creators that I follow. You have to have multiple sources of income. You have to be on multiple platforms. Just in case one falls, you got backups. Like, 
Oof. I mean, planning is planning is serious, but it'll get you through a lot of obstacles. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. you sixteen or older, talking about you're gonna be a millionaire, come up with a plan, and I bet you your parents will be alright with it, as long as they're not strict. Yeah, and then it also depends on like the environment. Yeah. That that they that they came up in, because you know if you have parents that are. Let's see. Do you have parents that are a like firm believer in that you know hard work mentality, and you do not outline any form of like hard work in your plan? They're not gonna rock with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just something that you have to go out. Like even if it is easy, right? Like even if you know, like man, all I gotta do is put ten k in crypto in twenty seventeen. Wait three years, and I'm a millionaire. Bazongo rich. They're not gonna. Yeah. It's not. They're not gonna look at that the same mm-hmm. as you saying like, "I'm gonna create this business. This is my business plan, business model. This is how I'm gonna make money. This is what I'm gonna spend money on." Yeah. That's they. They're probably gonna be more receptive of that. I'm thinking of my parents specifically, but I know a lot of people can relate to that mm-hmm. instance. So that's what I would say to that. But I mean, if you're trying to be successful, whether you producer or a consumer or whatever in between, like. You trying to be successful? Plan that guy out. Do not just think about it. Plan that guy out. Fact. And on that note, we reach an hour five. Mm-hmm. Jonathan, I'm hungry. But yeah, we need to go get food, bro. Thank you for coming on the show. Of course. You already know what it is. I'm back to my regular schedule. I hope you guys missed me. If you enjoyed this content, please leave a like. Subscribe, leave a review. I forgot they don't have likes on podcasts, but if you're on Spotify, you already know what to do. Leave mm-hmm. a sub. Let me know that you guys mess with this and help us grow this community. On that note, I'll catch you guys later. Mm-hmm.